welcome to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. Every week, we bring you simple answers to help your homeschool family thrive. And this week is a really practical installment of that. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you're here. This is the time of year when I've historically struggled with finishing strong while looking ahead, both to a break for the summer and to make things better for next school year. So today, we're going to be talking all about some tips for homeschool success that you can easily incorporate right now and then use as you plan ahead for next year. With so many families homeschooling now and people approaching home education from a myriad of different worldviews, it's absolutely critical that your family has a solid foundation for what you're doing and a clearly defined goal for where you're going. So I invite you to join me for Heart School. This training class for Christian homeschooling parents will help you define your mission and then see practically how that applies to your day-to-day choices. We'll cover relational and personal growth issues, as well as the practical nuts and bolts issues you'd expect from a homeschooling course. So many have taken this class already and have seen their homeschool efforts improve while a peace and calmness has come over their family. I would love to help you experience the same. Go to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash heart school to sign up today. Then watch your email for more details about how to join us in the app and on the summer mentoring calls that are coming up soon. Again, you can enroll in heart school by visiting teachthemdiligently.net forward slash heart school. So are you like me and just really looking forward to the end of the school year already? This is the season when we're planning for next year, and I hope you're also planning to join us in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, the first weekend of May to get truly revved up and ready for the upcoming year. But there's quite a rub right now. You know, finishing the school year strong is a challenge as your intention and focus start to look ahead. In fact, we released a podcast just a couple of weeks ago that I recorded with Sharon Fisher, who's a veteran educator and author turned homeschooling grandmother this year. She gave some amazing tips for finishing the school year strong, so I encourage you to listen to episode 111 to hear those. But no matter where you are in your homeschool journey, you can always use a good reminder and reset from time to time, and that's what today's podcast is all about. As a 12-year homeschool veteran with three graduates, I still need these reminders to keep me from growing complacent and allowing things to spin in directions I don't want them to go. But for those of you who are just getting started, I want you to know that I would have loved to have someone give me these pointers when I was new to this endeavor. So I hope you'll find some great action points in this episode that I'm entitling 11 Tips for Homeschool Success. Now, we're going to cover a lot of ground really quickly. So don't think that this is all the information I'd love to give you on any of these points. Thankfully, there's a lot more time to work them out in heart school or in 365 or on-site at events. So join us all year long to really back this stuff up and get more tips day by day. Now, many of these that we're going to talk about, you've probably already thought of. But today, I'm really going to try to present them in light of the definition of Christian homeschooling that I gave in this week's homeschool subjects email. On a side note, if you are not receiving homeschool subjects, you need to sign up for that. 
It's a free weekly email that we believe will be an incredible asset to your homeschooling efforts. Simply go to homeschoolsubjects.com to sign up, and then you'll enjoy that every Sunday night around 8 o'clock Eastern time. But on this past Sunday night, I noted that Christian homeschooling is at its core prioritizing the hearts of your children and allowing the academic excellence to come naturally as love of learning develops. You're going to find that when your priorities are in line, hearts are won, academic excellence is achieved, and confidence grows both in you and in the children that you're teaching. So that definition is going to give us the framework for the 11 tips that I'm going to give you today. And I promise that each of these will go a long way towards making your homeschool more successful and peaceful at the same time. So let's dive into those tips now. Uh, These are not really in any certain order, although the first one I would say is probably a pretty strong uh, priority for everybody. And that is to to make a point of starting your day with the right focus. Um, That could be as simple as bringing everybody together for prayer, honestly. This doesn't have to be a well-defined, thought-out, laid-out, planned, strategically approached time of the day. It really is just setting the focus, setting the temperament of the day by turning your eyes on Jesus. The way that we did this in our family is every morning um, I would get up and do my devotions. I've done that uh, since I was a teenager. That's just been my habit. So that was an easy thing to carry through through every stage of my children's life. And if you have questions about how you could possibly do it at any given stage, uh, send me a note and I will I will help you through that. I've also done a lot of, of videos on this in 365. But because I was getting up every morning and having my devotions and my quiet time with the Lord, it became a very natural thing for me to, when we all came together at breakfast or at our first, you know, kind of class, I'm saying using air quotes, our first class time of the day, I would share with them what God had been teaching me that morning. It was often very simple, but just something to a little nugget, a little lesson to say, mama's growing. This is what God taught me. And then we would pray together. Um, I don't have time to to unpack for you how that has impacted my children's lives, although I promise it has been profound. And, and in ways that until I could look back over the years, I didn't even realize what God was doing. But in those moments, those day-to-day just sharing something short from God's word, then we would pray together. Our whole day was set on a joyful foundation, on something that was solid on, you know, it, it was kind of like a, a call to order, a, a an official start of our day with God's word and prayer. Um, and so I encourage you to implement something like that. I, a lot of times in our prayer time, we would, I would pray and then we kind of popcorn pray around the room as others wanted to. That is another great habit to get into because not only is it starting your day out on the right foot, but it's also getting your children accustomed to praying out loud, which is a really great thing and will will serve them well in the days ahead. So I encourage you, number one, each and every day, beginning right now, start your homeschool days off with the right focus. That is a wonderful way to corral everybody in, get you started off with a, a little bit of, of 
again, just the right focus, the right view. Um, it's super fun to inject some songs in there. We did that quite a bit. Uh, just a worship song or a fun song, something that, again, you're just calling your day to order and setting the, the focus for the day. So that's number one. The second one that I wanted to pass on to you is to encourage you to mix things up in your homeschool. Um, I am usually the one that was getting the most bored <laughs> in our homeschool. I would get the redundancy of doing the same thing over and over times four in my case, because I was homeschooling four kiddos, got to me. So, so for me, mixing things up was honestly as much for my own heart as it was for them. Now, because I, you know, as I noted before in our definition of Christian homeschooling, I want to go for their hearts by teaching them to love learning or allowing the academics to follow as they grow to love learning. This is a tip that really, really goes a long way towards that. You're going to find that in your most curriculums, they give you a lot of ideas for uh, multi-sensory stuff or different activities that you can use, different field trips, different ways that you can you can kind of tweak their curriculum to make it fit. The reason that those are so, so good is it gives you the freedom and the flexibility to meet your children where they are, to keep learning exciting, to allow for some detour conversations. You know, maybe you're you're teaching history and there's this one little element that just stands out. I, I remember one of my boys was so fascinated with trench warfare in World War One. He's written papers on it. He's studied it out. He talks about it all the time. Even still and he's he's grown now this is something that just got his attention and so we were able to do some really cool things around that time mixing things up incorporating different learning styles and that really cemented that with him but it also made him love learning love learning new information love going deeper in stuff and that has driven him to now he's a history major wanting to teach history um, once he gets out of college and you know, just really cool the way that those little tweaks to your everyday mundane, you know, workbook driven or whatever, journal driven uh, classroom days, your school days can really, really benefit you. So take advantage of the flexibility that you have to mix things up, to do different things. Um, utilize audiobooks, utilize uh, hands-on science uh uh, experiments, do all kinds of different things. Again, it opens up great times to build memories. So that's helping you go for the hearts of your children, but it also is teaching them to love learning, which is the other part of this mission of Christian homeschooling. So that as they love learning, their curiosity develops, they get stronger and more prepared to walk through whatever door God has for them in the days ahead. So for your own sake, as well as theirs, incorporate different learning styles, mix things up, up and enjoy your homeschool days even more. Number three is to somehow organize yourself. Now, I initially I initially wrote this uh, this point as stay organized, but then I realized for some of us, staying organized would be impossible because we never really felt like we got organized. So I want to talk about that just a little bit because organized for you and organized for you know, your sister-in-law or the the mom down the street 
may look very, very different. And that's okay because God created you differently than them. So for some people who are super type A, they have got things just so clearly and neatly organized and things run like a well-oiled machine a lot of the times. Now it doesn't for it doesn't run like a well-oiled machine all the time for anybody. But there are those moms who really, really like to have things buttoned down. When I say stay organized for them, it's like, yeah, buddy, let's do this. But for others of us who are more carefree, who um, don't think of ourselves as highly organized, when I say or I bring up organization, that tends to be a weight. So I want to remove that from you now. Being organized is very, very important because if you don't have some kind of a plan for your day, you're really not going to be effective in teaching. You're going to be more frustrated than you are uh, fulfilled. And so all of those things factor in together. But your organization could be a lot more rhythm-based, the rhythm of your day. Knowing, again, if you go back to that, that first point, knowing how you're going to start your day, that is a great way to kick off your new organizational strategy because you know that at whatever time your your day begins, whether it be super early or later in the day, you are going to officially start your homeschool day by pointing your eyes on Jesus, praying together, singing together, whatever that is. Then a lot of the points that we're going to come up with in the next few minutes will also kind of fill in some of these gaps. But with your rhythm, you may find that you have a certain block of subjects that you want to do first early in your day, others that you want to save to later, some that you want to do on alternating days. So just think through what kind of a rhythm works best for your family. And and don't stress about having everything written down by the moment. That never worked for me. Every time I tried to write out a moment-by-moment schedule for my family, we blew it up early on because I am by nature much more rhythm based. I am also much, much more inclined to take those detours and go deep with my children and things that interest them or in conversations that I know are going to go for their heart and, and be used as phenomenal discipleship opportunities. So I want to encourage you to find your organizational strategy, whether that be a, a block calendar or a, a block schedule, a rhythm schedule, a moment by moment schedule, but somehow have a plan for your week. One of the things that I, I have always encouraged families to do is um, to set a day once a week where you're just looking ahead. Look at what your goals are for the next week for your homeschool and then kind of backtrack into how you're going to make those happen. That fits into either of those organizational strategies very, very well. And you're not looking so far ahead that if you get off track, it's going to ruin your whole homeschool year. So the third thing that I really want to encourage you about is to somehow organize your days and organize your homeschool weeks and months and, you know, kind of go out from there so that you know where you're going. You have a plan. Make that organization, though, fall up under your mission of going for the hearts of your children and allowing that academic excellence to come naturally as that love of learning develops. So remember your priorities as you are organizing, but definitely, definitely take a little bit of time each week to pull yourself together enough to organize um, the week ahead so that you know what you're accomplishing. It is so 
life-giving to be able to see that you've accomplished something. And if you don't take any time to organize whatsoever, you're still moving forward, but you miss those benchmarks. You miss the cheers and the, and the encouragement that you get just by recognizing that you're accomplishing things. So take time to organize somehow. Number four is to work with a mentor. Um, the Bible talks a lot about mentorship. I mean, we see, you know, Titus 2 is kind of that chapter that we go to so much where the older women are supposed to teach the younger women. But over and over, we, are, we see that we were created to live in community. And all of the, the teaching is to be passed down naturally. Throughout the Old Testament, we see parents teaching children. And, and you know, when that stops, then cultures fall apart and, and all this stuff. <clears throat> but when you live in a community, when you're in a church group, when you're in a homeschool group of like-minded homeschoolers, whatever, and you have people who are willing to invest in you, you are so much stronger and so is the mentor. So I encourage you to look to other homeschool parents for advice and help. There are there are situations that we we find ourselves in as homeschool parents that those who are sending their children to brick and mortar schools just don't understand. Their walk is very different than ours. They they can make choices that look very different than ours. So I encourage you to find a like-minded homeschool mom, preferably who's much farther down the road than you are. And I almost without any hesitation at all, guarantee you that that mom would love to pour into you. One of the things that I have found through the years of working with homeschool families is as you learn and grow as a homeschool mom, it is joy and life-giving to pass that on to someone else. We love to help. We love to talk about curriculum. We love to talk about strategies. We love to talk about things that we've learned through the years. So take advantage of that. So if you're an older mom, Look around you, find somebody that you can invest in. Pray that God will bring that person to your mind and open the door for you to build a relationship with them. But if you're a younger mom, don't wait for an older mom to see you and find you. Reach out to them. Um, a lot of the, the best relationships that I have in my life are from some younger moms that have kind of reached out to me. And we have built not only a friendship, but a mentor relationship where I am able to share with them and they are able to, to share with me. And so I get the benefit of their youth and, and excitement and I get to live those younger years again, kind of vicariously through them. And they get the benefit of you know, been there, done that, which I bring to the table and a heart that shares a love for Jesus, just like theirs. So I encourage you to work with a mentor. Now that is one of the great benefits of joining Teach Them Diligently 365, because that is a community of literally thousands of homeschoolers who are Christian homeschoolers, primarily all working in the same direction at varying timelines in our homeschool journey and all sharing and giving and willing to invest in you. So if you can't find anyone locally, I promise you that through Teach Them Diligently 365, we can connect you with a community group or a mentor or someone, some group of someones who can invest in you and encourage you all year long. So uh, number four then is to work with a mentor and make sure that that mentor shares your worldview, shares your desire to see your children grow and change to be more like Jesus. Because 
as part of your mission, that is a really, really big deal. And you don't want to overlook that as you're looking for help because there will be a break of understanding if you are getting um, if you're getting your mentorship from, say, a neighbor who doesn't know the Lord, isn't walking the same way, but she did a killer job of homeschooling, you can get a lot of information from her, but I would really, really encourage you to look for a Christian mentor that can that can help you with both sides of your mission, both going for the hearts of your children and seeing that academic excellence follow um, as their love of learning grows. So that's number four. Number five is, is a similar point, And that is, I encourage you to connect with a homeschool group, join, um, you know, either a co-op or a field trip group or a, you know, start a church group of homeschoolers. If you don't have one handy, um, but connect with local homeschoolers. I don't think that it is as much for socialization as it used to be. You know, there's so many opportunities for families to socialize now. In fact, it's it's much more of a problem to pull your kids back from socializing. But when you're in a homeschool group, you're able to glean from the talents and skills of so many others. So a co-op, we've used a co-op for years, and I am able to allow a mom who has a great science mind or a great math mind to teach my children those subjects where I'm just not sure I would be the best person to, to first of all, instruct it. Now, I can get online resources to do that and so on, but I'm not even the best person to to follow up and to to help them with their homework and stuff like that it is a struggle for me. So when you're when you're in a homeschool group you're able to to really pull your talents and pull your resources and all of the children and all of the families benefit that way. So I encouraging or I encourage you to join connect with a homeschool group. Um you know, you get great resources uh, from an educational standpoint, but then you also do have those socialization aspects, which are really fun for the kids. Um, my kids have gone once or twice a week to co-op, kind of grew as they got older um, for a long time, and they have loved those days. They have had great times, built some really wonderful friendships, and it has been a great, great asset to our homeschool efforts. Plus, it takes a little bit of the pressure off of mom for having to cover every single subject if you're in an academic co-op. So I encourage you to connect with a group. That support will go so far towards keeping you focused and encouraged when the days are dark um, and long and you just want to give up. Your homeschool group sisters and, and brothers can come alongside and really encourage your heart in that. Number six, I want to encourage you to not take on too much. Uh, this is something that trips up so many people. We get dry and brittle because we have put too much into our day, largely because we are afraid of our kids missing out. You know, we make decisions about letting them participate in this sport and that sport and music lessons and, and this play and, and church activities and, you know, all of these things. And they all collide at once so that we have lost sight completely of our mission for going for their hearts because we are now just driving them from place to place and probably not eating dinner together or lunches or whatever because we're so busy. So it's like crock pot, come get it when you're there type of a meal plan. 
Um, and there are probably seasons when that's okay. We have certainly had some times where that's okay. It happens. But if that is really defining how your family functions, you need to go back to your mission and see what you need to cut out to really give yourself the time to go for the hearts of your children. Um, and you can't go for your hearts of or the hearts of your children if you're not with them, if you're not present, if you're constantly shuttling them to something else that you don't want them to miss out on. So don't take on too much. Don't say yes to too many extracurriculars. Um, that that wears your kids out. They don't like it. <laughs> they they can't keep up. They're stressed. They're anxious. Th- these are the types of decisions that we make that really, really harm our kids. And we do it with the best of intentions. And yet it just doesn't work out that way. Um, I encourage you to remember the season that you're in. There may be some things that you can inject into your life at a different season, but for right now, it's not good for your kids. Pay attention to those signs of anxiety or stress in your children and be wise enough and humble enough to pull back when you need to. Um, All of these things can completely derail your homeschool efforts as that stress and that brittleness and that busyness just strangle you. And all of a sudden, as you're so, so busy, you find that your academics are suffering which makes your attitude stink because you're off your plan. You're off of the course. You don't know if you're going to be able to finish on time. You feel like a failure. You're thinking you need to just put them back in school because you cannot possibly do this. When honestly, a few simple decisions of cutting some things out, getting back to your mission, refocusing your heart and mind on what's super important, what you're doing in the first place will alleviate all of that stress, bring the peace back into your homeschool, get you back on track academically, and you can move forward with peace and with confidence that you're doing the right thing. Keep that mission in front of you all the time and don't take on too much. Seven and eight are, are well, actually seven, eight, and nine are just really, really practical and we're kind of running low on time, so I'm going to hit them super fast. But number one is to tackle the hard subjects at the time of day when your children are most ready for them. You know, if you are, um, or if, if you or your children are not morning people, then probably hitting their hardest subject, math, spelling, whatever it is, first thing in the morning is probably not the best rhythm for you. You may find that, uh, as we always did, that doing the subjects that we love in the morning, literature, history, Bible, those things that we could just cuddle up and do together was a wonderful way to start our day. It instilled those time for conversations. It gave us time to go for the heart of our children because we were talking about all of these cool things that intrigued them so much. And then it also set a platform for us to set those harder subjects on later in the day after they've gone out and played some, after they've got some exercise and their brains are working well, they're wide awake, they're ready to go. That's when, for our family, it was best for us to do those harder subjects. For others, I know that prioritizing those, getting those super hard subjects out of the way first kind of clears up the rest of the day and they like taking the pressure off. So that's why I encourage you to tackle those harder subjects at the time of day that works best for your family. So this goes back to, first of all, that organization. How are you going to set up your days? How is that rhythm going to work for your family? But it also, this is how it fits in with your Christian homeschool mission. 
you get to know your children so much better through spending this time with them, through going for their hearts. You're able to tailor make their days for them so that they will be successful. They don't get that opportunity if they're in a brick and mortar school. So take the time to get to know your kids and then organize how you plug those subjects in according to when they're going to be the most successful at them. So that's number seven. Number eight is keep it fun. Look for creative ways to make learning fun. Um, don't, Don't think that you need to create school at home, that it needs to be so stodgy and so formal. Um, one of the things that I've talked about a lot that we did very, very often in our homeschool was we would have math camp uh, where I would just call off all the subjects for a couple of days and we would drill math facts and play games and get outside and do all of this stuff. I also had a lot of writing prompts for the kids where I wouldn't grade grammar or punctuation or anything in those times. I just wanted them to to write and compose ideas and and now I would look at it I would kind of be able to get a good assessment of where they were from it, but they never knew I was grading it. This was just fun learning time. And so I encourage you to to keep the learning time fun. Incorporate games, incorporate field trips, mix things up. We would do upside down days where we would, you know, stay in bed in our jammies and play all morning and then do school in the afternoon. Or we would flip it if, if it worked better. For the day, we would go to, you know, a park all afternoon and rush things through in the morning. Um, we did, you know, just all kinds of fun stuff. We would take uh, take school out to the park and we would work for a while and play for a while and work for a while and play for a while and get all that sunshine and all that fresh air. And it just was invigorating. So especially right now, as spring is in the air and the end is near, Keep the learning fun. Spice it up for your own sake as well as for your kids. And then how that fits into your mission, you're going to find that the memories that you make with your kids by doing those simple fun things is going to come up time and time again through the years. And you'll find that for so many of them, those are the things that stand out as what homeschooling is. And you'll be like, oh, all of this time I thought I was failing My kids are remembering the days that we went to the park for school or they're remembering math camp or upside down days or whatever it is. So keep it fun. Remember the relationships that you're trying to build and just, just trust me when I say that when you're sitting around the dinner table, when they're in their twenties and they're talking about these, these days gone by and it's all these fun things that they're bringing up. Trust me when I say that your heart will almost explode within you as God is so gracious to to continually encourage us and and give us um, just a reward for the work that we did. So keep it fun. Number nine, take breaks. Understand when it's time to walk away. There are things that are super hard and it, it may well be that you just need to close the books for the day or for a couple of days and walk away, whether that be a hard life situation that makes it hard to focus or whether it be a hard subject situation that's just difficult and, and it, your child is struggling with. Know when to walk away. Again, this is, this is so important. As you are prioritizing your relationship with your children, going for their heart, Um, 
understand that sometimes dying on hills of academics when they are really, really struggling and they're super frustrated is only going to cause them to be insecure or to feel like they're failing. It's only going to make you frustrated and probably make you angry and and more apt to say things that you would never, never want to say. Um, So when you are wise enough to say, you know what, it's time to just call it for the day. Close your books. We're going to go whatever. We're going to go for our family. It was often we're going to go to the state park and take a hike. We're going to go to the regular park and play, you know, on the playground. We're going to go on the back and jump on the trampoline or play tag or whatever it is. We would call it a day. And then it's amazing how when you come back, a lot more clarity, a lot more perspective, They are no longer just tightly wound and super frustrated. You're able to accomplish whatever that was. Um, So so pay attention to to your child's attitude and actions. Now, I want to temper that by saying we are still teaching character. So we don't want to teach them that if something is hard, you walk away without any, you know, closure to that. Yes, when things are hard and you see the frustration mounting, it is okay to walk away. But then the other part of that teaching character going for the heart of your child is we teach them to have the strength of character to come back to those hard things and approach them again and to come back with a mind that is clear and ready to work hard on that. And we're able to cheer their successes and help them through their failures walking hand in hand with them, but we also get a front row seat for everything that they're learning along the way. So recognize when you need to take a break. Number 10 is you need to realize that the curriculum is there to serve you. It is not your master. You are the master of your curriculum. That was actually our quick tip in this week's homeschool subjects. Um, So many people become a slave to their curriculum that it becomes the driving force in their homeschool. As a Christian homeschooler, that is not your mission. Your mission is not to teach a curriculum. Your mission is to go for the hearts of your children, teach them to love God, love people, and then to prepare them to walk through whatever door God opens in the days ahead. So academic excellence comes in there. But if a curriculum is not working for you or for your child, understand that you can just walk away from it. You can, you can change it. Um, you know, if, if it is written for a classroom in particular, you're going to find that there's so much repetition that your child may or may not need that if you just go in and whack out some of that, the, um, the problems that they have to do, say in a math curriculum, you can take an awful lot of pressure off of you and your child and you can already see that your child is mastering the topic. So so recognize that a lot of these curriculums are built for groups where the teacher doesn't have an eyewitness account of every single one growing and changing. You know, she's trying to teach 30 kids. You're teaching one. You can see when your child has has succeeded at a certain concept then you can just give them freedom to move on. So recognize that you are the master of your curriculum and get involved in the way that it's laid out. Again, feel free to walk away, change it. Even mid-year, if it's not working, you can tailor that to your own child. It's another one of the great flexibilities and great benefits of home education. But then beyond that is just making sure that even day to day that you are amending that that curriculum as you need to, to fit that child or to fit your lifestyle. Um, 
it could be that you assign odds or evens or, you know, in our family, a lot of times I would say you need to do the, you know, odds, evens, whatever. And if I checked it and they did well, we move on. If I checked it and they clearly hadn't mastered it, I had extra problems, obviously, that I could give them. So, so recognize that you are the teacher, you are in control, and you are perfectly equipped to do that. Don't feel so insecure about whether or not you can make those calls. You see your child. You know if your child has learned. You are the perfect person to make that call. And also remember that even in a traditional brick-and-mortar school, most, if not all of the time, they don't finish the textbooks. That is not something that you are required to do. So don't set that as really the be-all, end-all of homeschool success. Finishing that curriculum is not is not necessary because the next year's curriculum is going to pick up and review and start them over again. So they are going to get those concepts for sure. Finally, number 11 is I encourage you to plan ahead. Do start looking ahead. Uh, that's why our events are so great. You can come, you can look at curriculum, you can hear from uh, people who will teach you to, to do things better or differently or give you new ideas. Um, so plan ahead. Start looking ahead even to you know the path that your children are going to take long term. If, if you feel like they're college bound, you know, middle school, early high school, you're starting the preparation for that. You're looking at the courses that you that you give them. We have a homeschool guidance counselor program that can help you do that. Um, but if they are if they are young, plan ahead now for the next year. Join us on site at Teach Them Diligently to get those great ideas to touch and fill the curriculum, to look through it, um, to see what's going to work for your family. Get rejuvenated and revived, but plan ahead. Start looking forward to next year right now, but don't forget to live and love where you are right now. God has positioned you right now in the perfect place where your family needs you to be. So day by day, I encourage you to remember to go for the hearts of your kids, prioritize those relationships, point them to Jesus, have the conversations, then allow that academic excellence to follow uh, because you are prioritizing the right things, teaching the character to do the hard things even, and then... um, Just enjoy the relationships that come out of that, but do take the time to look ahead, see how your mission is going to shape the plans that you make for next year. And I personally would love to hear how that works out. Um, So again, I invite you to join me in Heart School. We're going to work through plans for next year this summer. We're going to like break things out, talk together in Zoom meetings. Uh, There's a, a discussion group in the app, all kinds of resources for you because I so desperately want you to be successful, not just as a home educator, but as a mom or a dad that is going for the hearts of your children and then preparing them well to walk through whatever doors God has for them in the days ahead. So I hope that this has been an incredible help to you. I hope that though very simple, that maybe you've gotten some points in these tips that you hadn't thought of in light of your mission. And I hope that they will give you some really great ideas, marching orders uh, to, to finish this homeschool year strong and look ahead to starting the next one on the right foot. Have a great rest of your day and I look forward to talking to you again real soon. joining us today. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently. 
So we're here to help. We would love to get to know you this year at one of our four live Teach Them Diligently events. And then throughout the year, when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community, Check out the notes from today's show for more details about what we discussed today, as well as all of these other resources that Teach Them Diligently has to offer. Have a wonderful day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon.